0: I was going into Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. The droids are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fuel. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Tashi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarky's Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy.
1: of Anchorhead and on the shores of the Great Child Flats, you're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hello! On today's episode, we're discussing Catalyst and getting ready for Rogue One. We're about to get started, so sit back. Grab some power converters and enjoy the show. Before we get too much further, a note from our sponsors Tashi Station Radio is brought to you by you, our awesome Patreon subscribers. Click the link on Tashi Station.net for more details and learn how you can support the show.
0: We're also brought to you in part by Her Universe. Flaunt your world with Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel, Transformers, Doctor Who, and other fandom inspired wardrobe and jewelry. Click the link on our blog to purchase awesome geek gear and keep the lights running on the podcast. And since we last spoke on the podcast, uh, Hurry Universe has a new line of Star Trek clothing over at Think Geek. And they also have some items available at ModCloth. So they are expanding out. And that is very cool.
1: And uh, we do apologize for the hiatus we took. Uh, we needed to take some time off for a little while to get uh, things worked out over here in uh, Tashi Station land. But we are back, hopefully for good. Uh, and
0: Is there something I don't know about happening?
1: Uh,
0: Meteor strike?
1: Well, there was an election last month that might spell certain doom, but that's uh, neither here nor there.
0: Well, we can, you know, podcast in spite of it
1: theoretically maybe we'll see uh fixers flash the geeky things we've been up to nancy what have you been doing
0: uh i've been doing a lot of reading i am reading dark force rising for the Theron cast we are now into book number two um we will we are on hiatus right now but we will be back in january
1: Little holiday break, so yeah, sorry, TSR actually goes on another two-week vacation after this. It's not
0: uh, holiday break, it's Rogue One break.
1: Yes, Rogue One break. <laughs> actually, we are going to record another episode Sunday. Yes. That's just Rogue One thoughts.
0: Yes. Um, I've been uh, reading Race Squadron. I read Race Squadron in like two days because I did, <laughs> and I'm halfway through Iron Fist. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I was hoping I'd be able to finish all three of them by the time Rogue One came out, but that didn't happen. Um, I did finish the Vor game, which is my fourth Vor saga novel, and uh, not my favorite of the bunch, but probably my second favorite so far. And um, you can definitely see how Bujol's writing has been um, improving as her. N- novel output increases (laughs) um so yeah i am super excited to keep reading more of these and you should read them too because they're really great books and i've also been editing a book and i want to finish it tomorrow before i go see rogue one
1: you can do it how many chapters do you have left editing four four so that's what you're going to be doing immediately after we're done here
0: yes and the it's draft i'm on draft four so someone was like i can't believe you're editing so fast and i'm like yes but you this is the fourth time i've been doing this so i hope by now i'm to the point where i don't have to change a lot so yeah that's the story H-
1: here's hoping <laughs> uh yeah so you, you've been up to a lot Yep. me not so much
0: we did. We saw the. Ex- we watched all the Expanse.
1: Yeah, we rewatched the Expanse,
0: which was awesome, and I'm very excited for season two, which starts in February.
1: Yes, I am really enjoying that series. It's the only television I'm watching that's not HGTV, but or Rebels. still enjoying it. Re- we watch yeah, Rebels I- and Rebels <laughs> and Rebels, uh, and we saw Arrival. Yeah, which probably until tomorrow is my favorite film of the year. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't think we've seen a lot of movies this year. No, you liked Ghostbusters. Did you like Ghostbusters more than Arrival? Uh, <laughs> I
1: think I like Arrival a little more.
0: Uh, um yeah, I can't even remember what movies we've seen this year. Not a lot. But yeah, Arrival was really good. Um if you haven't read the short story it's based on by Ted Chang called Story of Your Life. Uh, you should go do that because it's a great story. And this book actually did really well at adapting it, which I didn't think was possible because it's very cerebral.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've I've read a synopsis of the short story, and it's quite incredible they managed to adapt it as well as they did.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: but Yeah, very, very good film. Uh, highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. I, yeah. Is it still playing places? I
0: think so. Okay,
1: yeah. It'll probably be harder to find a uh, open...
0: Until starting tomorrow yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean we even haven't we haven't even seen fantastic beasts uh, i
1: don't think we're going to
0: <laughs> we might rent it eventually
1: i don't want to see anything with johnny depp in it
0: well he's only in this one for like two seconds
1: yeah but he's gonna be in the other ones and, uh, i'm just uh no <laughs> no
0: but newt's commander is a hufflepuff
1: uh-huh
0: hufflepuff pride uh-huh Shut up Gryffindor.
1: Hey. 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 <laughs> All right, what is new on the blog?
0: Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff. We have a Catalyst review from Bria. We also have a review of the audiobook from Matthew and then a column from Amanda about the Everyday Empire. And um, do you want to talk about Catalyst now or later when we talk about Rogue One?
1: Well, let's let's talk about it now.
0: Okay. Um, I read it. You did not, but I gave you the synopsis. Yes.
1: <laughs> I, I unfortunately my my schedule for the last month has been entirely too crazy.
0: Yes, but um, I, I that was the other book I read. I forgot to include that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I liked it. It's probably I would say my third favorite Lucino book. Unifying Force is my first. Um, that has the benefit of having Luke in it. <sighs> in a really awesome lightsaber fight, uh, then Darth Plagueis and then probably catalyst. I know they might, they might switch places. I don't know, but, um, I, I liked it. It's very Lucino. So if you don't like his writing, you probably won't like catalyst. Uh, but if you do enjoy him or are just ambivalent, depending on the story, you will probably enjoy catalyst. Um, I, I liked that it was more of a character focused story um, I liked that it gave more on the Urso family and Krennic uh, Krennic is a nocturnal carouser as we've learned from Catalyst
1: my favorite canon. thing that's come out of Catalyst and I'm only seeing this from the sidelines is the party boy Krennic he
0: is yeah name. it's great <laughs> um, but um, like I,
1: I, sa- I said on Twitter I just imagine him as Stefan now
0: oh gosh no, stop.
1: <laughs> we make
0: he's doing the, the. We make
1: a teepee with our fingers to hide the Death Star.
0: Ah, uh, no, go away. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I liked, I liked that Krennic's backstory and the. I have a feeling that seeing Rogue One is going to be more powerful after knowing the backstory between Krennic and Galen. Um, there were parts that I did not like. I did not like reading paragraph long exposition exposition about Kyber crystals and math um, on a rate of
1: one to x-wing fuel consumption rate how th- much did that annoy you
0: I think this was worse because it, it, it lasted more of the book like that that chapter was only like one part of that that book um, this was I mean it's it's one of the main plots of the book so I understand why they had to keep it in but it got eye glazy after a while Um, and I the end kind of fell apart for me there was one character I didn't really care for him the smuggler has I thought he was kind of boring that had
1: to have made for a prose disaster it
0: was I believe it was Aaron Goins on Twitter who was like I it's really frustrating reading has had went or has has you know (laughs) It was very it was very frustrating, but he was just kind of boring and I don't know if it's because I'm reading Thrawn trilogy at the same at the same time and like card is jumps off the page with his personality for me. so unfair comparison there. Um, but uh, overall it was it was good. Um, the ending surprised me, which um, will go into spoilers. so if you haven't read the book, Skip on ahead a couple minutes. Um, I yeah, so it ends with Saw Guerrera, which I found out he was in the book through Twitter. Thanks Twitter. Um, Saw Guerrera taking the Ursos to their new home. So um, I, I thought that was interesting. I didn't realize that they knew each other, and you know, Jin is very young when they leave, so she's known him for a. Very long time, and I'm I'm presuming that she is with him after they the the flashbacky sequence that we see in the trailers. Um, so, yeah, I, that that kind of surprised me and made me excited to see the beginning of Rogue One. So yeah, um, those are my Catalyst thoughts. Um, I think it was a good backstory for Rogue One. I don't think it was essential. But, um, I, it, I mean, it was a good book.
1: And, uh, coming up next from the, uh, Delray Pipeline is going to be the Rogue One novelization, uh, penned by Alexander Freed.
0: Yeah, I believe it comes out Friday. Well, the ebook comes out Friday, and then the hardback a little bit yeah, later. Yeah, so
1: same thing with the, uh, episode seven novelization, uh, Ebook comes out, uh, day of film release, uh, hardback will come out uh, shortly thereafter. Yeah.
0: I might read this one because I liked Alexander Freed's writing style in Twilight Company, but I didn't like that book. So I would like to read him writing something else. Um, and if he's doing a novelization, you know, the story is already there. So I, I, feel, I feel like he can bring a lot of like
1: characterization in the book. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, we've
0: also got um, reviews from Amanda, our resident- Oh,
1: right. We're on to the second bullet. What's new on the blog?
0: (laughs) Our resident Princess Leia expert uh, alongside Bria, the Alderaan expert, who um, reviewed The Princess Diaries" by Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia, Royal Rebel, which was a scholastic book all about Princess Leia. Um, And speaking of Princess Leia- we had also had an article about her mom. Uh, Bria wrote an article, uh, we need to talk about Padme Amidala, basically about how Padme is often overlooked uh, when talking about female Star Wars characters and um, how that needs to stop. Uh, Padme is not my favorite, but I do agree with Bria's thesis that, you know, for a generation of girls, she was extremely important. And that's why her fate angers me so much (laughs) because she deserves more than that uh we've got teacups and one-ups columns from staff uh bria started a knights of the old republic retrospective where she's replaying the game and also reading the comics uh so go check that out if you are a fan of those games uh and we've got a bunch of rebels reviews up and i figured we could talk about the first half of season 3. Oh, yeah,
1: we are at the uh, we're at the mid-season hiatus. Yes,
0: the last episode just aired until january.
1: You, see, you know, i think overall season 3 was more up than down, but the down episodes really stood out. Really? Yeah.
0: See, i had the opposite opinion. I feel like the whole season the season as a whole has been really good so Well
1: th- that's what I mean by more up than down. It's been a it's been a strong right. season overall which is why the less good episodes really stick out.
0: I guess so. To me they don't stick out so much as they they're just not like my interests, but I there wasn't any episodes this season I think that I really disliked whereas last season there definitely were. Um so, what were uh, what have been your favorite episodes so far, or uh, least well, favorite
1: episodes? Really, well, I'll I'll say least favorite was uh, Iron Squadron.
0: Uh, yeah, they did have a. I mean, that had the benefit of having Thrawn in it.
1: It, it did have the benefit of having Thrawn <laughs> in it, but it was lampshaded at the beginning of a ship full of Ezras, and that just it didn't work for me.
0: <laughs> it had fun uh fun tuckerizations though.
1: It did have fun tuckerizations. I <laughs> I, I, I like that. Um, but. Uh, It just felt like a very throwaway episode, except for the last 20 seconds.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, That one didn't work for me. Uh, My favorite episode, it will come as no surprise, is the Antilles extraction. What? (laughs) Uh, Gary Witta, you may come back and write uh, Rebels anytime you want, as far as I'm concerned.
0: See, the... The the thing about season three is you can see tell how good it is because I can't pick a favorite episode, which you well, would,
1: and the only reason I could pick a favorite is because it was wedge. It's me. Well, I and mean, it's wedge.
0: Right, but think it's also me. So I should definitely be picking that episode. But although I loved that episode for what it was, I don't. I don't know if Hera's Heroes or Inside Man has been my favorite. Uh, Hera's
1: Heroes was really good.
0: Yeah. Mostly because I loved the Hera stuff in that. Um, she doesn't get enough focus on the show and Thrawn. That was like the first episode where we really saw how awesome Thrawn is. And um the same thing with Inside Man. Um I loved uh seeing his machinations and also the reveal about Callus was really I mean cool. we all
1: knew it was Callus But they still managed to make the reveal very cool and very fun.
0: Yeah. And that was one of the episodes where Ezra did not bother me. I liked him and Kanan working together. And him force pushing uh, Uh, Callus was really funny. (laughs) Uh,
1: That little exchange between Ezra and Kanan right there is one of my favorite exchanges in the entire show. Yeah. Agreed. All three seasons. (laughs) Yeah. Ezra. Ezra, What? I was going to do that. I I had to make it look real. But I was gonna do that. <laughs>
0: <Aww>. <laughs>
1: so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and really, the another one that disappointingly fell flat for me is uh, which was the one with uh, Hondo again. Uh,
0: the Wakanthu job. That was yes. the one where they um stole the proton bombs. I
1: think that would have been a great one-off had Ezra been
0: not less involved.
1: Ezra. Yeah, in it. I
0: think. I think that's one of my problems with this season.
1: Ezra's arc as a whole feels really... Uneven. Uneven.
0: Yeah. And, like, I don't... At the end of last season, I was really excited to see where they were going. um, Because I wanted to see Ezra flirt with the dark side more. I thought it made him more of an interesting character. But they kind of, like, once Holocrons of Fate happened... They kind of just were like, all right, that's that's done with now. <laughs> and I'm like, "Uh, OK. Um, and then you have several episodes where Ezra is always there. Like the Antilles extraction. He says, I should be going in. I was been undercover before in the Academy. And Sabine was like, I was actually in the academy, yeah, and I was like, "Thank God to that me for episode you was." That. He was
1: like peak season one, Ezra.
0: Yeah, but then like the next three episodes, he
1: was pretty good.
0: Well, well the next three episodes were Hera's Heroes, mm-hmm. the last battle, and Imperial Super Commandos, which all had Ezra teamed up with someone else on the crew, mm-hmm. which Hera and then Kanan and Rex, and then. Um, Sabine, and in the last battle, he was again like kind of not wanting to follow Rex, even though Rex is a freaking Clone Wars veteran. Um, and then you have canther Job, which was an episode, two episodes after that, he gets set up with Zeb, and is again angry that Zeb gets to lead the mission and not him. And it's like, okay, you're. 16 years old or 17 however it is is now you have not been doing this as much as these people have and it doesn't matter that you're a jedi like chill chill child like let other people do stuff too in the show <laughs> um and so yeah i feel like he's in every i mean i guess he's in every single episode cuz he's the protagonist of the show but still it's like well, it, let other characters do stuff it, too it
1: probably wouldn't Bother me as much if his characterization was more evenly yeah. paced throughout. Well,
0: and and the last episode, Visions of Voices, is an Ezra episode, and it did not bother me. at no, all.
1: No, it was a great episode. Yeah,
0: because they I they wrote him really well, and like even in like
1: they wrote ins- him as taking responsibility for his actions.
0: Yeah, and Inside Man, the episode before that, I also liked him in that episode too. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I feel like. When he has Kanan to temper him, it's a little better um, than when he's with other characters on the show because then he tends to. I, I, I worry he's getting the whole, I'm a force sensitive person, so I should be the leader, which I never like in Star Wars <laughs> because we know that non force sensitive people can kick butt too. Mm-hmm. I just, I hope that's not how they're going to go, but. But overall, I mean, like and especially, oh, can we talk about the end of Visions and Voices? <laughs>
1: that was something else.
0: Uh, so now I guess the question is, is are they going to actually do the Obi-Wan and Maul confrontation on Rebels? Or are they going to do that on another media? See,
1: I feel like that is something. Well, I'm of two minds on this one. It feels like that's something that should be done in a film. Uh huh. But Maul showing back up in a film might shatter the audience's willing suspension of disbelief regarding his return. Yeah, it's that kind of works better well, in this animated format than it than it I think it does in a film. And plus,
0: all of his growth and characterization has been in Clone Wars and Rebels.
1: Mm-hmm. So all of the all of the contextual stuff you need with Maul's character isn't there if you're not watching these shows
0: yeah and if you know you're just a regular movie going audience you're going to have to have a lot of exposition exposition as to how this has happened so i mean i as much as i would love to see ewan mcgregor and ray park play those roles again um i don't know if It would be feasible without saying, all right, everyone, you have to watch these cartoons. Yeah, because so much (laughs) of this
1: has happened in the animated properties. Mm -hmm. And while we would get it. Yeah. We're the minority of film goers.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I don't know how well it would work. And it
0: would be interesting because it's, you know, they've said throughout the three seasons that this is a show about the ghost crew. And they've always walked a fine line in having it be about other characters like ahsoka and vader um i thought they did a really good job of tying that confrontation into um kanan and ezra's story and the larger rebellion so it would be really interesting to see how they bring the ghost crew into i mean we already kind of have an idea in the fact that Ezra saw the vision as well. And now they know that Obi-Wan is alive. So they're obviously going to want to go find him and warn him. And it would be really interesting for them to find him and be like, okay, we have to bring you back to the rebellion. And he's like, no, (laughs) I have to stay here, (laughs) you know? And it would be really interesting to see why he decides not to, Bring Luke with him at that moment. You know? So, yeah.
1: Probably because uh, Obi Wan doesn't buy that the rebellion is ready yet.
0: Yeah. Or he doesn't think Luke is ready yet. He's mm-hmm. too young. But, yeah. it. I'm definitely interested to see what happens. And, um, especially because Dave Filoni mentioned on the last Rebels recon that, um, now the Rogue One, or was it Pablo? I can't remember.
1: I think it was Pablo Pablo who said, said,
0: said the Rogue One gloves are going to be off, and they can do more things leading up to that, and uh, would not be surprised to see the return of Sa Guerrera on the show, um, and I would not be surprised if we ended up seeing Cassian, because we know he he's worked in intelligence for there, a long time, so... And one of the episodes coming up, um, they have the first four episodes.
1: Ooh, I have not looked at the titles yet. um,
0: Ghosts of Geonosis, part one and two, uh, which is very interesting considering parts of Catalyst.
1: It seems like it may be hinting at Death Star and Rebels a lot.
0: So I don't know if I told you about the Geonosis stuff from Catalyst, but in Catalyst, um, they are... Um, so Poggle the Lesser Which you love his name Again
1: spoilers if you haven't read Cal- yes. Catalyst Skip on a couple Sorry. minutes
0: So Poggle the Lesser is broken out of prison By Krennic um, In order to basically use The Genosian drone Labor to construct parts uh, Like the outer shell of the Death Star Um, He ends up Getting away Kind of like leading a revolt Almost you can say And then Then like, abandoning the site to go, um, uh, who does he meet up with? I can't remember who he meets up with, but he, he ends up dying eventually. Um, but, so they have, like, the whole, um, like, using the Geonosians as labor, and then we know from Rebels that Geonosis is a dead world. And I believe that it also showed up in the Star Wars comic or the Darth Vader comic. One of the comics. So this is a very interesting title given all of that we know about the Death Star and Kyra Crystals and what though they can do when it's not harnessed correctly. Uh, the next one is called Warhead, which I don't know. I can't glean anything about that except another military weapon, maybe. But the one after that is a very interesting one. It's called Trials of the Darksaber. So, considering...
1: Oh, wait. That's the name of Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's the name of the, okay, sorry, the, name sorry, of sorry. the weapon,
0: not sorry. the book. I,
1: I, yeah, sorry. I had to... Old I had to reframe.
0: Old school Legends fans know why Brian just grabbed his head in horror thinking of Darksaber. No, the Darksaber, which is the weapon, uh, which Sabine now has, and which... Uh, they say can unite Mandalore. Uh, that'll be interesting.
1: I'm down for that episode.
0: Yeah, hopefully. Thanks,
1: Sabine, for my- finally making Mandalorian culture interesting to me.
0: <laughs> oh, people are going to be mad at you for that comment.
1: Oh, whatever. I've been dumping on Fets and Mandalore since we started this show.
0: <laughs> I like Django Fett. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> oh. So yeah, Rebels, I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. And um, I hope, you know, leading more up to Rogue One since it seems like the perfect thing to do. Indeed. Yep. And um, we've also got comic reviews, including Dr. Afra number one, which you read.
1: I did read. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. What's it about?
1: It's about <laughs> <that> Dr. Afra. <laughs> Shut up. And I think you can pick it up without reading, having read the Darth Vader series, because I didn't read that series, and I was able to get this one.
0: Okay. Yeah, because I haven't, and I wouldn't mind reading Dr. Afra. Um,
1: I'm going to grab a couple more issues, and then I think I'm going to put it on the pull list I've got over at Comixology.
0: Yes. Um, and uh, Bria wrote an article on the importance of Dr. Afra, um, Basically... The importance is that she is a woman of color leading a comic, which is very cool. And if you want to support more diverse characters, uh, you should support the comic. Uh, Also, in a larger note, she is a non-movie character who is uh, leading a comic ongoing, which is a big deal. And um, one of the things people liked most about um, the Dark Horse line is that they were very experimental and had a lot of comics that were not movie characters, so hopefully this goes starts going in that direction where characters who are new characters are introduced in other series can lead comics, and book characters too. Indeed. So yeah, um, and um, Podamer number eight came out today, and you and I have both been reading oh,
1: that. Oh, the po- uh- Poe Dameron number eight was so good. We need
0: to do an actual like episode one day just we, about yeah when I, when the second arc ends we can yeah I it.
1: I really want to do an episode talking about this uh, series because I I'm enjoying this so much.
0: It's really good. I love Poe's characterization and I really like Tarex. Uh, really Tarex I think
1: is my favorite villain in uh, in Star Wars expanded uh, media right now.
0: Hmm. Really. Well, I guess you don't consider Ray Sloan a
1: villain. No, I consider Ray Sloan an antagonist. Uh, Subtle distinction. Yes.
0: I agree. I get, I agree with that. She's not evil. No, she's she not.
1: An she's not evil. Terex is evil. Yep. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what's. New on the blog, and our it only thoughts took us about are, twenty-five minutes to get through. And our thoughts about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Deeks, dirt news from around fandom. Hey, there's been a lot of news. We're just going to cover
0: a few, things. a few
1: things. Uh, Marvel's next miniseries will be about Darth Maul.
0: Yay! pre fandom Menace Darth Maul, so he's okay. Got both that's his more
1: leg. interesting than he me. got
0: both his. Well, yeah. Eh, is it though? <laughs> I mean, as much as I don't like the fact that Maul Ma came back from the dead with no explanation at all, I do like him a lot in Rebels Yeah, I like his characterization. He's just crazy. Um,
1: crazy Maul's best Maul.
0: Yeah. But it'll be really interesting to see how they deal with him younger.
1: Yeah. That'll, that'll be interesting to see. Um and over in big's bullshit Star Wars film news, Amelia Clark cast in the Han Solo standalone as the uh, lead female role.
0: Yeah, um,
1: I think we were both let down by this. Yeah, especially after the earlier rumors.
0: Yeah, I I'm hoping that the earlier rumors about a woman of color being one of the lead choices, uh, is that's still true for another role um and that they didn't cast amelia clark over the other uh actresses because like she wasn't even in the running like i didn't even it wasn't like she was part of the group it was the these three other actresses who have nothing in common with amelia clark so
1: yeah <laughs> Well, no, we'll we'll see on that one. Uh I don't know. I I think we've got our fill of brunette leading women in Star Wars.
0: But I like seeing myself in the movies. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was sarcasm, people. That
1: was sarcasm.
0: I'm I'm good with not any more white brunette ladies.
1: Yeah, let's uh let's get some other folks. I mean, you see uh, Star Trek cast a uh cast a uh a a black woman to lead uh Star Trek Discovery
0: and Michelle Yeoh to play a captain.
1: Which is awesome. Yep. Yeah.
0: So, yes, that can happen, Star Wars.
1: Look <laughs> over at Trek right now.
0: Just saying. Some
1: cool stuff happening over there. Yes. All right. Cami's concerns. What well, it's, of course we're going to talk about this. <laughs> It's Rogue it's one? Rogue One Eve as we're recording this.
0: Rogue 0.5. <laughs> red red squadron.
1: <laughs> uh, we're here. We're finally here. Yeah. The first standalone film in the Star Wars saga. And right now over at Rotten Tomatoes it is sitting at a cool 84%.
0: That's lower than I was anticipating.
1: Based on the buzz after the premiere?
0: Yeah. So the premiere was Saturday. And if you guys didn't get a chance to watch the live stream, um, you know, there was the the typical celebrities there. And then afterwards, you know, of course they all tweet their thoughts and um the the press started seeing the movie and everything I saw was that they really liked it. And it was such a great Star Wars movie. And I mean 84% is a good score, but in comparison Force Awakens had 92%, which considering now people are like, "Oh, it wasn't that great." It's like, "Well, it's still got 92% on Rotten Tomatoes." So I mean, yeah. I mean it's not my, you know, number one criteria, but I'm surprised that it's that I
1: thought it'd be closer. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what are you most excited about in Rogue One, Brian? Well,
1: I've allowed myself to peer into Twitter every now and then, and the one non-spoilery thing I've seen is that it features the greatest space battle in the entire franchise, I cannot wait to see it.
0: So pretty much as long as that's good, we're fine.
1: As long as that's good, I'm leaving the theater
0: happy. (laughs) We don't care about anything else. That's not
1: it. Me and X-Wings, we we all know where my my loyalties lie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think you and I were both um, bummed that this movie was not the Rogue Squadron movie that we thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, who knows? It still might be, but we'll we'll see on that one. In
0: that, I mean, in that, it's about the squadron. Yeah, and I mean, I guess, but
1: not actually about Rogue Group, who was on Hoth.
0: Yeah, or Rogue Squadron that was formed after the after Return of the Jedi. Again, mm. I really, I really want, I really hope they eventually do a movie that's about a squadron. Um, you know, I or just show more of Poe and the squadron in the sequel trilogy. Um, yeah, I want
1: some more Black Squadron in the in uh, episode eight and nine.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense for this type of uh, movie that you need more ground forces than pilots to follow as they're stealing the Death Star plans. But uh, I just really wish that some of those pilots that we see in the trailers were the people we were following in the movie.
1: I know, uh, uh, I know.
0: But there, uh, in one of the TV spots, one of them speaks, so that's cool.
1: was—it's a uh, Captain Merrick that, is that speaks. That is name. Yeah, in the uh, mustache TV guy. Yeah, mustache happy, guy. Happy
0: mustache guy. Happy
1: mustache guy is Captain <laughs> Merrick.
0: I'm just gonna call him Happy Mustache. I mean, that's guy.
1: That's pretty good. Pretty good name.
0: I happy would not guy. mind a book about, about
1: Happy him. Mustache Guy.
0: Yes. Why? Okay. Delray, picture this. In X Wing, book about the pilots that are in Rogue One. I'm giving to you that to you for free.
1: There's probably not going to be many of them left.
0: Beforehand.
1: That could work. <laughs> that could work.
0: Um, but yeah. Uh, what else are you looking forward to?
1: Uh, I, I'm really just, I'm really looking forward to Krennic. He's a different villain than what we've seen mm-hmm. in Star Wars films past.
0: And he's got a sweet cape.
1: He does have a sweet cape. And <laughs> if we saw, saw on the Star Wars show today, a sweet blaster.
0: Yeah, that looked complicated.
1: <laughs> yeah, it did look complicated. I'm so excited to see it in action.
0: Yeah, I'm also, It's he's a, He's in a different branch of the Empire than we've seen before. We've got Sith villains and we've had Tarkin, who's a moth.
1: Now we're getting research and development.
0: Yeah. And it, you know, ISB. So that'll be interesting. Um and I I'm I'm really interested to see how they use Vader. You know, I, I've heard it's very sparing, but it's very good. So I'm hoping it doesn't disappoint. Yeah,
1: if it's if if you're using them sparingly but correctly, I can add a lot to your film. Yeah. So yeah, I what else I'm really looking forward to just seeing the shots of Yavin.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be nostalgia city. Coming
1: back to Yavin 4.
0: What are the like biggest secrets you're waiting to find out? One thing I am definitely wanting to find out is the That shot from one of the trailers, which was a a hooded figure kneeling before the glowy tube, I want to know if that's still in the movie, (laughs) and if it is, what the hell that's about. I have a feeling that might not be in the movie, though.
1: (laughs) I want to see if Rogue actually means anything Anything. familiar by the end of the film.
0: That's what I want to know as well, and after the movie if we can finally start asking people in charge okay, there's a rogue group in Empire Strikes Back.
1: Is there a tie here? Yeah.
0: Because it's not it's not even that I I, I saw a lot of people arguing, well, all the rogues rogue squadron isn't canon. Um and that's true. Those books are legends, and the games are legends, but they were spun off from a part of the movie. Well,
1: Rogue Squadron as it existed post-Jedi isn't canon. Yeah. The Rogue Group existed in the film. That is very much canon. Yeah,
0: I mean, it might not be-
1: And the Rogue Group is the basis for all the cool stuff in Legends.
0: And Rogue rogue group might not end up being the squadron proper that we know of like where it has 12 pilots you know and they fly x-wings but it's definitely there like they choose that name for a reason so is
1: it a
0: coincidence or it just feels
1: too odd that they're that it's a coincidence that they call themselves Rogue One and there's this rogue group yeah. and Empire and that there's no meaning to yeah. that.
0: And I can see them doing something where like it, it's too soon in Yavin to rename the squadrons. Mm-hmm. You know, um in the uh in the you know trailers and stuff, we can see that the a lot of the pilots that are in the battles are not wearing the traditional uh orange jumpsuits. So They're from different squadrons than what we see at Yavin, which makes sense because they don't- I
1: I just had a thought. What if we see the Tirphon Yellow Aces?
0: Ugh, that would be good.
1: Oh, if I see the Tirphon Yellow Aces, I'll be oh so happy.
0: (laughs) Wiss. uh,
1: The only reason I can get my hopes up for this is because I know Gary Witt is an EU nerd.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just- I mean, I was thinking of it when if they use the call sign Rogue One- would that make the other ships
1: that are escorting them? Rogue I mean, if squadron. you've been playing Battle, if you've been playing the Scarif expansion to Battlefront, uh-huh. the U-wings are all escorted by a group of X-wings. Yeah, so you're right. If they call themselves Rogue One, are those X-wings that follow them designated Rogue Group?
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's it's. That, that, I think that's it, even if it's not answered in the movie, I want. Them to address it in other supplementary material.
1: I know something else I want an answer to. What's that? That uh, that freighter we saw in that still from one of the trailers.
0: Oh yes, is that
1: <laughs> is that just a coincidence or is that the ghost? Uh,
0: well, judging by Dave Filoni's crafty answer at the Star Wars live stream. Uh, I'm thinking it's probably not a coincidence. <laughs> All I'm
1: going to say is if I hear Vanessa Marshall's voice on Calm Chatter, I'm going to lose it I in the a, theater. I
0: think a lot of people are going I, to lose I, it.
1: I will lose my mind.
0: And I, I know a lot of people who have seen it already, and I know people are going to see it tonight. And I just I need to stay off Twitter tomorrow because I if I see something about it or if I'm tempted to ask, I'm going to be really upset if I spoil a... Reveal, and I've already seen people say they've gotten different Easter eggs spoiled, and I, I really don't want that to happen, but I, I have a feeling there is Rebel stuff in here that's that fans will be able to pick out.
1: Yeah. Again, though, Vanessa Marshall on ComChatter. Uh, yeah. Because mm.
0: that would also mean that she has to survive through Rogue. Uh-huh. And I feel like she's the only one that they'd probably, like...
1: Confirm survives? Yeah.
0: 'Cause yeah, Hera could survive all the way through Endor.
1: Well, she goes and all the way Endor. She goes all the way through Endor and then flies a B wing at Endor and Aww. then leaves the ghost to Someone. Sabine and Zeb and if they're alive. Well, if they're if they're alive. <laughs> if, if, if they're still alive, but I, I say leaves the ghost to them and she goes to liberate Ryloth. Oh that's
0: so sweet.
1: That's my headcanon. I'm sticking to it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So uh, what else? What else are we looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Galen and Krennic on screen, Um, especially the way Catalyst ended. I'm really interested to see how they get Galen back to working for the Death Star. What does Krennic do to... Encourage him slash threaten him to come back to the Empire and work on the Death Star, um, and is Galen the reason that there is a s- small thermal exhaust port right below the main port that ends up being the weakness of the Death Star? And after reading Catalyst uh, and how much he did, how much of a pacifist he was, my thoughts lean towards yes. He is responsible for that, and that's why he sent them a message. Uh,
1: so close to getting all this answered.
0: Oh, also, the rebellion as a whole.
1: Are we seeing the Karelian Treaty, uh, some version of the Karelian Treaty, happening in that briefing room on or, Yavin?
0: Or has that already happened? Um, and that's something we'll see on Rebels. I would be fine with either of those things. I definitely want to see it happen eventually. Um, and so I'm hoping that's either if, if Rogue One doesn't do it, that Rebels does it.
1: But, but you agreed
0: that I'm really interested in seeing that scene, um, finding more about the senators and the state of the rebellion. And OK, so they're on Yavin. Where do they all go <laughs> after this happens? Because
1: you have to think that they got to clear out.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, because Mon Mothma isn't on Yavin, the only one, the only person I've seen on Yavin, who ends up staying on Yavin when in A New
1: Hope is Dodonna. D- Did we get that confirmed today that it is indeed Jan D'odana? Yes. Okay. Another one of those top trading cards? Yes. Okay. That's so. not a spoiler. That That's out there. <laughs> not a spoiler.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that it that was confirmed that was, that was D- Jan Dodonna. And he's the only person that I've noticed in the background that is there. Um, so I'm guessing everyone else clears the heck out. <laughs> now, I don't Which know, is probably they, smart. Where do they go? Do they go back to the Senate and that's when Palpatine disbands it?
1: <laughs> Ooh.
0: Like when he calls the Senate to declare the Empire, does he call back the Senate to be like, you all are fired. Ha-ha-ha. Actually,
1: now I'm starting to wonder what did he mean by disband?
0: Ah, uh, yes. No. He What does he say? He says, uh,
1: The Imperial Senate
0: will, will not be of any concern for us. The Emperor has dissolved the council permanently, I think is what he says.
1: And by dissolved, do we mean force lightning?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, um, Pablo Hidalgo said something on Twitter. Someone asked him about Coruscant and that, that was their favorite planet and they really want to see it again and Pablo said something like well you it's something to the effect of it might be sooner than you think which some people were thinking do we see Coruscant in Rogue One
1: (laughs) or do we see it in Rebels
0: yeah I would like either I'll take either I feel like like Rebels is going to be a lot more tied to Rogue One than we realize that once Rogue One is out there um Kind of setting the stage for the Rebel Alliance as a whole, that Rebels will just kind of go into that. Because right now, Rebels has been using, we've all been looking at A New Hope as the endpoint. Now it seems like Rogue One is going to be a different endpoint. And I'm also wondering if Rebels is going to just go right through A New Hope and continue on into the original trilogy, because it certainly can.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Mm, anything else what about the supporting cast what do you i think i'm looking forward to all of them
1: i i really am too i can't pick and choose someone from the supporting cast i'm more excited for
0: yeah i like the fact that bodhi is an imperial defector
1: Mm-hmm. i do too um
0: uh, bays and cheroot i love them and I i'm i'm looking them, forward yeah. to
1: seeing their chemistry on <laughs> on the uh, on the screen the
0: chemistry um
1: I Something else I'm just really looking forward to is just taking in the visual aesthetic of yeah. this film. Uh, it looks like it's very school. dirty. It's very lived in and it's these old school sets, but with this old school sets and old school cameras and lenses, but mm-hmm. with this very new school, very, Creative cinematographer yeah. in um, in uh, Gareth Edwards.
0: Yeah, and it's
1: and you. You saw the uh, p- the uh, piece that was talking about how he recorded some of the interior X Wing shots. Yeah,
0: I showed I, I yeah. showed that to you that they sh- shot it first person, which is shot it first
1: person. He strapped a camera I to might his shoulder. Have
0: to look away during those scenes, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a little vertigo inducing. Uh,
0: yeah, but uh, we'll see. Um, I, I, we talked about this when we discussed the Force Awakens, but we both said it felt like modern Star Wars. You know, it was it was Star Wars, but with modern sensibilities. And I'm wondering if if Rogue One is going to feel the same way. Like if they if they remade a New Hope right now,
1: would it look like Rogue One?
0: Yeah. And this is where, like, I'm really uh, grateful to see, like, all of the diversity in the cast and uh, the background characters we see in the rebel briefing. Um, You know, one of the senators is a black woman, which is great. I wish we had more than one woman in the main cast. And I think that's a way they could have done a lot to make it more of a modern film compared to the original trilogy. Yeah, agreed. That will be my gripe until the end of time. That does not mean I still can't enjoy the movie. It, yep. As we discussed the other day while watching Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, that movie is amazing, and it needs a lot more women. Yes. <laughs> so, it's not mutually exclusive, people.
1: All right. I, I'm i just excited. I, I can't oh, no. wait. We're less than 24 hours. I'm really We'll be excited. wrapping up the previews right at this moment. We
0: will. This is good timing. I'm just, yeah, I'm just really excited to see another Star Wars movie. And like, yeah, I'm nowhere nearly as excited for Rogue One as I will be about for episode eight, but the fact that I get to see Rogue One while waiting for episode eight is kind of amazing. Yeah. <laughs> when you think back that's, to that's a pretty three nice, years between each
1: movie. That's a pretty nice bridge Yeah. to get there. And um Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have the answer tomorrow. Can Star Wars support a film every year?
0: Yeah. And one of the comments I've seen, the non-spoilery comments from people I trust, is that it, this is like an EU movie, you know, this is—I've I've heard people say this is very West End
1: Games. I saw Pablo retweet something earlier that said something to the effect, "This is all of my favorite books, comics, yeah. video games, and RPGs rolled into a film."
0: And I saw someone say that it's, it reminded them of a Dark Horse comic it was uh I that was, it was bobby, bobby roberts yeah i
1: trust what bobby i trust bobby's uh
0: yeah and dunk evaluation on that uh, dunk from club jade said that it was it was very this is this is the new eu the standalone movies um which i'm 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 fine with because i feel that means the books and the comics can be a lot more experimental yes um and, you know, the, the the books are not telling the main story anymore like they were well, my, back in the day. We
1: talk about this all the time when we do uh, Expanded Universe retrospectives. A lot of our favorite stuff was stuff that was off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. The X-Wing books, uh, a lot of the genre books that defined the last uh, seven or so years of the Expanded Universe.
0: Yeah. And I, for as much as I loved, like, you know, Thrawn trilogy, obviously, and... Um I I think the new Jedi order was very um what's the word I'm looking for ambitious? Yes, very ambitious. But I like that the books don't have to tell the main story of the skywalkers or the main the main saga anymore. Yeah, the, the and books... can just focus on stuff like the X-Wing series or the MedStar books, the books or the are... secondary characters. The
1: books are now the books are now great supplemental materials yeah. like uh, like these great West End games uh, supplements I've got here.
0: And it just it's not even like you're not you. It's not saying you won't ever tell important stories with the main characters because just this past year we got Bloodline, uh, which was was a majorly important book
1: that pr- might be the finest Leia novel ever.
0: Yeah. And, it you know, it tells a very important story that couldn't be told in a book. Um, You know, and we're getting I mean, we are getting post Jedi content in the Aftermath series that we're all on the edge of our seat on wondering how it ends. Um, So that's not to say that we can't get that feeling anymore in the books. Um, But I think it having movies that are standalones means that the books can do more things like. Kenobi, <laughs> or other books like that.
1: Yeah, um, I, I, you're right. The standalone films are taking a lot of the burden off mm-hmm. of the books and the comics, yeah. and the books and the comics now are going to have a lot more freedom to tell much more diverse stories than they've ever been yeah. able to before.
0: And the thing is, is like I know a lot of people came to Star Wars through the books, and we we, we did. certainly did, but. Star Wars has always been, first and foremost, a visual film medium, and I think that's where it tells the best stories. Um, That's not to say they can't tell good stories in books, because we've all read them, but I feel like... This
1: was a universe that was built for films.
0: Yep, and the books and the comics should support them, and, like, I'm just really excited to see what books are going to come out of the movies, like... That's that's when they've always, um, interests me the most. Is like, I want to see a book about Happy Mustache Man, <laughs> you know, and like, you know, from Force Awakens we got a comic series about Poe, so, and how many like how many things questions that we have about Force Awakens that we are well, now like, just, please should give us a
1: book about Luke and well, Ben. Just look now how much content we're getting, just over fifteen minutes. In one film, seeing the aftermath of the Battle of Jakku.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's that's awesome. hmm I mean, we're getting mileage out of it in the Poe po Dameron comics, out of the aftermath books. Yeah. Uh, uh, Claudia Gray's, Gray's YA novel, Lost, Lost Stars, Stars uh, featured it. There's-
0: Yeah. And they're all kind of like coming together, um, you know, talking about the Battle of Jakku and- uh, so I'm really interested to see, as far as Rogue One, what what gets spun out of Rogue One, you know, what we know we're getting a YA novel about Jin, uh, coming up in May, I think, and also a middle grade novel about Baze and Chirrut. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if we're going to get more about certain characters in there. Uh, like we said before, if we're going to get more ties to rebels, and you know, I. With the books Delray has been putting out lately, I wouldn't be surprised if they've got stuff cooking behind the scenes that they can't tell us about yet, because we haven't seen Rogue One.
1: (laughs) Well, they said they had had announcements. Mm -hmm. It wasn't time to make those announcements yet. And the last book they have on the calendar, I believe, is Thrawn.
0: Yep. And remember, everyone, people suspected that Thrawn was going to be in Rebels. Nobody suspected that Timothy Zahn was going to write a book. So Del Rey knows how to keep secrets when they want to.
1: If they want something kept secret, it will be kept secret. Yep. So I'm very excited. Yeah, you know, That's the other thing we're looking forward to, isn't it? All of the expanded media Yeah. that Rogue One is going to produce. Because yep. when you come back to it, Tashi Station Radio has always been big. On the expanded media.
0: Yes. Remember that, people. <laughs> we can like the new stuff and the old stuff all together and want the old stuff to be part of the new stuff. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Bell Iblis will always be a rebel leader in my heart, even if he's no longer present in the movies indeed
1: uh. <laughs> alright well why don't we wrap it up there
0: why don't we okay
1: so just in the way of announcements um, by the time you're listening to this you're probably trying to kill time to get to Rogue One
0: or you've seen it already and are laughing at all of our predictions. <laughs> uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. All of you have gone to see early screenings.
0: Well, not even just if people listen yeah, to this afterwards. Indeed.
1: But uh, in case you're one of the people who are killing time to get to Rogue One, uh, we do have in our feed. There is a new Thrawn cast. There is a new Western Reaches. We're here to keep you busy. Mm -hmm. Until seven o'clock, your time rolls around.
0: And on Sunday, we will be recording our Rogue One reaction episode with uh, Brian Novicki and Jay from 1138. I believe both of them were on our post-TFA reaction show. I think they were, yes. So, yeah, I did that on purpose.
1: (laughs) Very nice, very nice.
0: Well, mainly I asked Brian Novicki because he's been super excited about Rogue One forever. I believe
1: he's quoted at Celebration saying he wants to have Rogue One's babies.
0: Yes. (laughs) So. All
1: right, so that's where we are. We're going to be seeing it tomorrow, this time in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. We're looking at... Probably a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away.
0: Oh, yeah. And that's what I want to know. Does that does is that card?
1: I bet that card before
0: I want to ask somebody, but I also
1: want to see it
0: it for myself.
1: Yeah, I bet that card's still there. I bet it's still there. Okay, let's wrap this show up again. Uh, TSR is recording again on Sunday. It's going to be our big recap. Episode. Uh this episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you in part by Her Universe and you are Patreon subscribers. Check out the link on the blog. You are helping us keep the lights on. We are we're entirely uh our our, our hosting fees are covered, thanks to y'all. Mm-hmm. That is great. That is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh the more patrons we get, the more stuff we're able to do on the podcast. Of Dice and Droids can get more gaming material. Uh we can We'll have some time to cover uh, cover some other things. We'll unlock maybe some live commentary tracks for Rebels and Clone Wars episodes. Hopefully. Ooh. We're getting close. We are getting close to that. <laughs> okay. Uh, Twitter, you can find us with the handles Tashi underscore Station. That's the official show account. You can find uh, Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Elaine Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. On Facebook, we're the Tashi Station Network. We are available on the iTunes Store, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, do leave a review. It helps us grow the show find our column and news at Tashi-Station.net. Thanks for listening to another episode. Have fun at Rogue One.
0: We rebel!
1: This podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Giraffe Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters.